And welcome to episode 39 of Throwback Hoofs. I am your special host for this episode, Stuart Chalmers. You might remember me from such podcasts as The Sport Blokes and The President's Neck is Missing. <laughs> Just a reminder to follow the video show on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcasts, whether that's iTunes, Spotify, or through the speaker of that one neighbour who plays everything just that little bit too loud. <sighs> we appreciate all the support, guys. We really do. So a bit of a roll call today, Robbie. Why don't you show the viewers who you're rocking? Because we know you can't come on this show without wearing a jersey. Oh, well good. said, Stu. Yeah, you're a natural, mate, doing this. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, firstly, nice to be back. I think we've taken about a month off and we've been sort of missing it. So, yeah, dug out a couple of old school champion jerseys today. So I'll just show you the first. It's not kind of in screen. So hopefully you can see the one hanging up. So we've got... Um, so it's Jalen Rose uh, day, basically, today. So the one I'm hanging there is his old school um, Denver Nuggets jersey. Um and sorry, his old school Indiana Pacers jersey. I'll just stand up and show the Nuggets one that I'm wearing as well. So for the audience that can't see, uh, Robbie is wearing Jalen Rose Nuggets jersey. All right. So just a little bit about Jalen Rose there, boys. So, yeah, as I mentioned, I'm wearing his champion blue road Denver Nuggets jersey. Um, so Jalen played 13 seasons in the NBA after getting drafted by Denver at pick 13 in the 94 draft out of Michigan where, he, of course, he was part of the groundbreaking Fab Five team alongside NBA greats Chris Webber and Juwan Howard, as well as Ray Jackson, and, of course, my favourite of the five and the reason why I still wear number 24 30 years later, Jimmy King. Uh, Rose played with Denver for two seasons before being traded to Indiana, where he was a big part of those tough paces teams that eventually made it to the finals and lost to the Lakers. Um, Rose also played with Chicago, Toronto, New York, and very briefly in Phoenix, because he didn't get on much. Um, look, not many accolades for Jalen Rose, surprisingly. Um, he was the most improved player in 2000, made the all-rookie second team in 95. That's it. Um, so he was one of those players that was very close to making an all-star game. Uh, we'll put my homer hat on there and say I think Josh Smith was close a couple of years as well. So I think Jalen was pretty close. He certainly averaged a lot of points, you know, 20 points a couple of seasons, but just never made it. So, um, look, of course, since retiring, Jalen's become part of the media. Um, he's you know, part of uh, one half of a podcast that I actually never miss in Jalen and Jacoby. So you've got to give the people what they want, right? Um, now, <laughs> do you guys think I've got a, a bobblehead of Jalen Rose? Yeah, of course I do. So I didn't have anything to represent At Chicago. One, if not two. So, so I've got the nice Chicago Bulls Jalen nice. Rose there. He's rocking the nice earrings in both ears there. So, yeah. Jalen Rose, as we mentioned, another one like of those Jamie very Fox. <laughs> it doesn't look it. One of those very rare stadium giveaways there, sponsored by Sears, I think it was there. So yeah, I quite like that one. His head's a little bit a little bit loose, like some of those ones I've got, but yeah, it's the, the Jalen Rose double today. And if I'm not mistaken, Robbie, he's also got his own foundation or academy or something. He's put a lot of kids through high does, school. Yeah, the Jalen Rose so Academy in Detroit. Really, there, really yeah, he does back. a lot for the community and sort of you know pays tuitions and other sort of stuff like that. And he's got a lot of people on board, sort of you know helping out with with funding that sort of school that he does there. So yeah, he's he's certainly a busy boy, Jalen Rose. He seems to have his fingers in sort of everything there, and sort of obviously a hardworking guy. So yeah, someone I really sort of. Um, Really liked back in the day, obviously, you know, being young and impressionable, those Michigan teams in the early 90s. And then I sort of followed him closely. His books also are very good read too. So I'd encourage anyone that hasn't read his book to, to check that out. 
that Michigan team was a, a very, very cool team back in the those early 90s, one that we all enjoyed watching as well. So Absolutely. Awesome. Well, uh, Woods, we'll throw over to you. I can see you're repping one of my absolute favourites from the late 90s, early noughties. Firstly, Stewie, thanks for hosting today. It's just a pleasure to have you and, and to do this. It's a nice change-up, man, so really appreciate it. All right, so let me just showcase the jersey I'm wearing, and you guys can maybe take the audience through it, right? Yeah, I'll have a chat. So Woody's rocking the old purple Sacramento Kings, Nike, Jason, white chocolate, Williams jersey, number 55. So, yeah, very nice-looking jersey there, Woods. I've got the black champion one, but I've got to say, I think your one there actually looks better than the champion one. So what do you got about him? Thanks, Robbie. Yeah, so, I mean, as you said, white chocolate, probably one of the best nicknames ever, right? I mean, that's that's a that's a huge uh, huge rap, man, from the brothers, you know? Yeah, you're white chocolate sort of thing. So, no, nah, I mean, his, his passing was just the best, man. You know, like, just, uh, you know, you'd pay the price of admission to watch Jason Williams play. Uh, you know, six foot one, kid from, uh, you know, West Virginia. You know, he played for Sacramento, Memphis, uh, won a championship with the Miami Heat, uh, and then Orlando and Memphis to finish off. Uh, had a career that's that spanned you know 12 years um yeah i mean just an entertainer you will all remember that rafe lafren's elbow pass that he did uh in that rookie game guys so what what are your memories of white chocolate stewie maybe you man you said he's, he's one of your favorites so tell us a little bit about your memories of him I mean, my all-time favourite memory of him would be that crossover he put on Gary Payton in Seattle where he sort yeah. of caught the ball at half court, gone that yeah, real sick hezzy, looked like he was going to pull up for three mm. and just, yeah, just cross GP up. And Payton was in another postcode basically by the time he was floating one off, off the glass. That was, I mean, that's one of many. I could probably list off countless you know, behind-the-back passes or no looks and all that sort of stuff. I mean, the guy was so smooth. Yeah, as you said, great handle oh, as well. Such a great you know, team too, wasn't he? Yeah. Awesome. So, Nath, I see you're uh, you're sticking to our team, the Perth Wildcats. Who you got? Yeah, because I forgot to wash my Tim Duncan jersey. <laughs> Mind my squeaky chair. It's always a classic. Fifty-three Perth Wildcats. Rocking the demo. Yeah, the, uh, the defensive player of all time, basically, in Damien Martin. What, do you, what can you tell us about Damo? Oh, whoops, sorry. Yeah, so this is the uh, 30th anniversary jersey, which is pretty cool. So it's got the names of every player that had played for the Wildcats up to that point on the back, kind of in ever so slightly uh, across the back, which is really cool. There's a but small Damo, Luke Longley on there, right, Nath? Yeah, Luke, and Griff Luke Longley. Longley. Yeah, there's yep, all sorts of names yep, there. Yep. I think... I think I think you only need to play one game to get on there. That's so there's right. some pretty obscure names on there as well. But And funnily enough, some of them getting kind of pride of place too. But uh, yeah, played college at Loyola Marymount, uh, where he was the WCC All-Freshman team, a member of the WCC All-Freshman team in 2004. Started over at West Sydney, of course, Woods, and then with the Sydney Spirit, and then played for just over a decade here in Perth. Um, where he managed, of course, six championships, six defensive players of the year, as Chewie said, and now they named the uh, they named the award after him, and he got a grand final MVP for good measure too. So, absolute legend of the game, legend of of our team. We're uh, just a breath of fresh air. Great commentator. Just can't say enough good things about the guy. Even rescued someone from a burning house. Nice. What can you say? Hey guys, there's some talk as well about uh, Damo potentially joining the coaching staff uh, for the Wildcats with, um, and we'll get into John Riley's signing later. So I mean that 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 would be really interesting, and I think it'd be perfect to to be there and on that Wildcats bench. Don't you think? Say that, yeah. 
I don't think he has enough jobs. Marriage celebrant, media man, <laughs> uh, real estate agent. Why not get him on the bench too, you know? Yeah. Yeah, fireman. Yeah. <laughs> fireman. <laughs> awesome. Now, I'll, uh, I'll finish up. I'll stand up first to just kind of show you the jersey I'm rocking today. Um, a lot of people might know that I'm an OKC fan and they're probably looking at it going, well, Stu, why are you wearing a Durant jersey? Um, in actual fact, I am wearing... I saw Joe, Joe Johnson, one, Ooh, of, uh, one of Robbie's all-time favourites, I know. <laughs> <laughs> the thumbs down. Yeah, just because he was a thief that stole I mean, money from the Hawks for too many years, but nah, all good. I do appreciate the, the game that he had, but yeah, what do you, what do you got to tell about him, Stu? I mean, there's, there's a lot to say about the guy. I mean, he's one of, I think, 49 guys in NBA history with 20,000 points. A lot of people will remember him for those you know, those really decent years with the Hawks. I think he averaged 25 points a game one year. Seven-time All-Star. He was a, an All-NBA third-team player as well at one point. Just a, a flat-out scorer. Um, guy had a, a really, really silky smooth handle. Um, sort of talking about the, the Jay Will crossover. For me, it was that super low-down, tight crossover he put on Paul Pierce in Boston where he's put him on his backside and then basically hit the 20-footer over him. Um, yeah, Joe Johnson, a, a cracking player. Certainly, yeah, with the Phoenix teams as well. I was going to say, you couldn't help but think what they might have accomplished if it mm. stayed there. Yeah. Um, and look, even in the later years, those last couple of seasons with Utah and Houston even, he was still a handy player off the bench and always able to put up numbers and you know tried that comeback, I think it was a season or two ago, with uh, with Boston. I think it was last, last, last season, season, wasn't it? Yeah, he look, played a game. Hey, has anyone actually ever season? heard Joe Johnson speak as well? Has anyone heard the guy speak, Joe Johnson? Mm. No. 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 Is he doesn't do a lot of that. No, he just doesn't do like, a lot of it. He just doesn't yeah. talk. No, no. No, I feel it. was like Gerald Wallace. So. I th- yeah, I thought you were going to say he had like the Gerald Wallace super deep voice. Yeah, yeah. monosyllabic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but no, look, an, an absolute joy to watch over the years. And, and uh, look, a, a really great showcase of different jerseys from, from different eras. I, I love it, guys. Very good. All right. I think we are at the uh, the time. I have been waiting a very, very solid two weeks for this. So a couple of weeks ago, I received a very nice little little package in the mail from, from one Woody. And uh, yeah, it's been very, very difficult. I have to hold these up and show you that they haven't been tampered with as much as I have <laughs> really wanted to over the last couple of weeks. But uh, we've got two, yeah, not one, but two packs today. We're going to open the first one, which is going to be the 9192 Upper Deck, and we'll... Uh, See, see if we can stump Robbie. A little bit of an entree, right? Like hey, before you do that, do you want to tell the viewers a little bit of a story about how lucky we were to actually open these packs today? <laughs> yes, actually, that's a good point. I said that I was waiting two weeks, two weeks and about an hour or so. So, so <laughs> he probably yeah, doesn't want to tell well, the story. Not, no, <laughs> no, no, it's 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 worth telling. So, obviously, in the prep for this, you know, I'm putting together all the all the notes and bits and pieces and. The one job I had besides you know, putting the notes together was bringing the packs of cards from my house to where Nath is. And we get here and we're setting up and Nath was sort of getting ready in the other room and he would have heard a very loud expletive as I realised that I'd left the cards at home <laughs> and had to put out an SOS to the, to the wife to, uh, to bring them over. So, yes. Better late than never. Better late well than done, never. Well done, Stewie. Absolutely. So, we'll... Yeah. yeah, so our, our, our crossover episode's a casualty of that. <laughs> we were yes. going to have you guys on our show, Absolutely. but we're going to run out of time. Well, that's that's a, okay. another time. We have a very, very good start to this pack. I don't think there's, Ooh, we do. I don't think there's a hollow in here. I don't think there's any holograms. But uh, look, 
The first one is an absolute nightmare for all uh, all opposing centres, otherwise known as the Dream. Hakeem Olajuwon. Nice. Nigerian nightmare. Hakeem one. So this is the... Uh, and you're going to hate this as well, because this is like the specialised checklists. Oh, that's right. Oh, okay. He, he, he won't so, rip them so up, Stewie, will he? No, he won't, will he? I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can rip them up, because I don't he know can't. if I've got them. Okay, this pack, <laughs> this pack is all over the place. All right, so the next one we've got is another team checklist, but uh, the player oh. featuring on the front, probably most famous for a, one, uh, a one-footed three-pointer oh. fall, falling out of bounds for the Phoenix Suns against Seattle. Uh, Rex Chapman. That is... Rex Chapman. I do nice. like the, the artistic designs they put on these checklists. They're really Not cool. too bad, actually, yeah. One of my favourite players as a kid. He was fantastic. He was great, wasn't he? He's off to a good... St- he had hops and range. That's mm. what I loved about him. He would take it to the rack and jam it on your head, and then he'd knock a three in your face the next That's position. Yeah. All right, next one up, we've got an all-star card. We're off to a, a very interesting start here. One of the smoothest lefties of the 80s and 90s. Chris Mullen. Always giving you a bit less. Yeah. yeah. That's that's all I need to give you the all star edition of one Chris Mullen. Nice, the M nice. in Run TMC. No, the C in Run TMC. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> all right. Mitch well, Mullen. Now we've got a uh, a slightly trickier one. I know this guy. So it's a Utah Jazz guard. Uh, not a not a particularly well known sort of player. Uh, he is six foot four. If I give you the number, it will give not you the number. Not Howard Isley. But, um, it's certainly not... It's not ha- no, no, it's a bit before Howard Isley's time. John Crotty. Uh, play... John, no, no. It's, a, uh, it's African-American guy, so it's not, not John Crotty. If you know the cards well, he's in the triple threat position on the front. I might have to give you the number on this one because yeah. it's a bit of a random. Number 35. 35... So at this stage, he'd played, what, about six seasons by the looks of things. Okay, so it wasn't it? 35, dark skin, Utah Jazz. Uh, Shares the same first name as a former a former player with the surname Walker. Oh. Uh, but not, Darryl, but not Darryl? Kenny Walker. Like, Daryl Walker. Yes, Daryl. So, so, so Daryl's the first name. Ah. Uh, Daryl. Daryl Summers. <laughs> no, it's not Daryl Summers. Where's Dickie Neiman in there? Have, have, oh, we, have we stumped you, perhaps? I think you have, yeah. Daryl. Daryl. Yeah, put us out of our misery. Daryl Griffith. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I do vaguely yeah, remember him. Yeah, he looks pretty old class. on that picture, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah he, he I does. can't say I remember him, to be honest. I can't remember him. he was born, so... Okay, yeah. He's, yeah. he's, he's well past it. <laughs> well, I mean, killed a lion with a spear. Minute. Minute ball. <laughs> Big boy Minute. Nice. Oh, great <laughs> picture. How tall is he there? There's no. It's ridiculous. There's no photo of him that makes him look anything other than that. No, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, has a handy uh, player as a son. As well, he does. He does. Indeed. If you can ever get healthy, Ball's yeah. passing is so good for a big man. Hey, like mm. not Nikola Jokic, but pretty bloody good. Pretty decent. <laughs> All right, moving on, we've got ourselves an LA Laker backup uh, backup guard. Um, he, well, I'm thinking. Okay, my clue will be think number ten for the Perth Wildcats in the early '90s. Yeah, and I what know his who that nickname is. was? 
Okay. Um, so you, so, so, so you, TT. You pretty much got the initials. TT. Um, uh, oh, Tony. Uh, as well. Tony Talbot. Terry De here. Not Tom Talbot. Tom Talbot. Uh, no, TT is Terry, the initials, right? Terry's right. Yeah. Yeah, um, you could say he flew around the court, as it were. Oh, I know who it is. Come on, Terry Teagle. Terry, Terry Teagle. Got it. Yeah. We had him before, didn't we? Woods? Yeah. Because yeah. I always said, oh, I remember the Golden State, yeah. not the Lakers. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. Speaking of Golden State, the very next guy is one of the Golden State backup forwards. Bit of a, uh, oh, a bit of a random one. I don't know. I, don't know, I know the guy, but not too much about him. Uh, whoa, how do you describe this guy? I don't actually know how well to describe this guy. Yeah, it's I'm, another guy I'm not super familiar with. I do remember him, but not very well. Actually, was it, I was going to say, he shares the surname... No, actually, no. Shares the surname of a very prolific college coach. He was a swingman or like a small forward? Surname rhymes with the same... As the, well, sorry, rhymes with the surname of a fairly undeserving all-star starter, perhaps? Ha <laughs> NBA champion now. Corey Higgins? <laughs> You've got the surname right. Rod Higgins. Rod Higgins. Huh? Rod, Rod Higgins. Higgins. Yeah. So he's a GM now. Starting to get to yeah, he's, he's a GM. Yeah. He's a GM, yeah. Son yeah. played for the Bobcats for a little I'm while as well. Sure. Yeah, I, I, I didn't know if it was the same one. That's why I yeah. didn't say anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, there's many clues I can give for this guy that would give it away. Oh, oh I've got away. one. Nathan does have one. Well, we've already had Manute Bowl, so we, it's only fair we have this bloke. Ah, good one. George Murison. Uh, on <laughs> the other end of the spectrum. Yeah, oh, Muggsy. Right oh, track, Muggsy. Yeah. Muggsy. Oh, that's yeah. great to have the two of them in Just the same. Yeah, actually. Please. Very good. The tallest and shortest player in NBA history. Mm-hmm. I just need to go back to the Rod Higgins for a second as well. 85-86, he's listed as playing for the Sonic Spurs, Nets, and Bulls. Bloody hell. Wow, it gets around. Jeez. Wow. That's some Ish Smith style shit. Mm. Oh, you are not going to believe this. You've already mentioned his name incorrectly for one of the other players. Uh, Tom Talbot. Tom Talbot. What are <laughs> yeah. the odds? Wow, one of my favourite commentators. It's, it's a shame he just disappeared from the commentary booth. Cause he yeah, was, true, actually. He was decent. What is... Okay, this pack is absolutely taking the piss now. <laughs> I gave you this guy's name as a clue for one of the other guys. Jeez, uh, um, how well are we listening? Um, the, for, for, for the Utah Ant- guy. Oh, okay. Antoine Walker? No? So uh, the right surname. Oh, so got the Walker right. Oh, uh, okay. Um, Antoine Walker wasn't playing at that time. Um no. No. So, so Kenny Walker or Daryl Walker are the only other two. Yeah, yeah. Skywalker. Daryl Walker. Yeah, yeah, Gaza. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this this pack is playing games. I remember him from Washington, but not really much else apart from him. Uh, he, he played a little bit, I think, with Detroit, if I remember correctly. Nuggets and Knicks, definitely. Um, mm. Yeah. Handy backup sort of guy. Yeah. All right. We've got a backup center for the Portland Trailblazers. Um, pretty handy player. Played with the Denver Nuggets earlier in his career as well. Um, two two fairly boring names, though. Um, 
There was a sitcom back in the day hanging with Mister. Uh, Wayne right. Cooper. Yeah. Wayne it Cooper. Is Wayne Cooper. Come on, boys! You got nothing on me, bro. I know. Do I ever? I got Terry Teagle, though. Yeah, that was easy. All right. Yeah, that's a good get. Uh, Seattle forward, you could use him to open a McDoor. And he also played with uh, the jersey hanging on your your uh, behind you there, Robbie. If I'm not mistaken, uh, um, played with Jalen at, at the Pacers, I believe. Sam Perkins might have done, yeah. No, no, the Mook yeah. is the is the clue. Oh, Nate McMillan, of course. No, no. So, what would you use to open a, a McDoor? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Stewie. Mook's chewy. Am I Mc... Maybe I'm being too cryptic uh, here. He played for Seattle. Something that's some a door that's locked. What would you use to open it? Key. Oh, Derek McKee. There you go. Yeah, yeah Derek okay, McKee. So yeah. I like. Nice, I do. Nice. I do like that photo. It looks like he's about to absolutely throw one down on what I assume is Sibalos? Charles Jones. I think. Uh, okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, that's a good Charles, picture. Yeah. So it started off very strong, that pack, and it faded it away. Off very, no hologram. Are we ever going to get a hologram in these packs? Jeez. I don't think so. Mm. You watch, there'll be a random hologram in this Fleer Ultra pack that just shouldn't be there. <laughs> nice. Good <sighs> to get back Good into fun. it. Good fun. Thoroughly enjoyed that. Mm. All right. So we've got ourselves a mailbag question, which is always very, very exciting. And this comes from, from Daniel Franklin in New South Wales. And the question reads... Hi guys, my question for you is about Tyrese Maxey. What part or parts of his game does he need to improve the most if he's to become an all-star? And if he worked on them, how long do you think realistically it'll take for him to be seriously considered, if not outright picked? So, Robbie, I'm going to throw to you first. What are your thoughts on that one, mate? Yeah, look, I possibly think maybe uh, all-stars may be a big call, to be honest, for Maxey. Um, I do like the way the kid plays. Um, he's fearless. I think he's always sort of moving. He's got that extra sort of speed and extra gear there. I don't know how good a fit he is with James Harden, to be honest. So I'm not just not quite sure that he's going to kind of, you know, mesh with him that well. So, look, I think he's going to go on to have a good career. And if he is an all-star, I'll be, I'll be pleased for him. But I just can't quite see it myself yet, to be honest. Woody? Yeah, and I, I guess maybe I'll just jump in there, Stewie. Like, he was he was a late first-round pick, right? And no one expected him to develop the way he has. And I think the best thing for him was that whole Ben Simmons saga. You know, it forced Philly to make him into a starter. Uh, and he thrived in that position. I think he definitely has a chance to be an All-Star in the next few seasons. You know, it, it depends on how he develops his, his, his defensive game and his playmaking ability. And he, he came in from Kentucky as more of a two-guard. Uh, now he's, you know, playing a bit of the one. With, as, as Robbie said, with James Harden there, it's like... Uh, you got a, a couple of combo guards right there, like in in the in the backcourt, right? So um, we'll see how that all goes. But uh, I'll be interested to hear what you guys think as well. But I think Just he's got a chance. Thing, last yeah. thing for me, I do like how fearless he plays as well. We've seen that in big games. He's not afraid to you know drive it to the hoop and sort of put on some big shows. So he's definitely got the the big kahunas sort of factor there. But yeah, just not sure how high his ceiling is. Okay, Nate, what do you reckon? I think you're right. I think he is a bit of a combo guard. One of the knocks about him was that his assist-to-turnover ratio was pretty bad out of college. He has improved that a little bit in the pros. I think working with Harden, it, it might work, because Harden can be a pass-first player when he wants, and Maxi doesn't mind working off the ball. So I think they can work, potentially. It'll be interesting. 
But as far as All-Star is concerned, Harden is a good example. There's a lot of guards ahead of him. Your man, Trey. So I looked at all the NBA first teams last season. There was only one guard from the East of all the six guards picked. Mm. But there are a lot of good guards in the East. And then when you... So, I mean, for example, you know, you've got both of the ball boys. Obviously, Lamelo's better. But Lonzo, you know, could be a fringe All-Star potentially. Yeah. Um, you've got, you know... Um, Drew Holiday in Milwaukee. There's a lot of good veteran guards. And then there's some good second-tier guards as well. So, for example, is RJ Barrett better than him, for example? And then there's also a couple of blokes that have entered the East as well. So you've got Jalen Brunson in New York. You'd have mm-hmm. to think he'll be, if be not their option, one or one A. So so he'll be a definite all-star possibility. And then, of course, DeJounte Murray's come over from the Spurs as well. Yep. So yet Thank another you. guard. So I think there's a lot of guards ahead of him as far as all-star selection is concerned, and a lot of decent young guards too. So he might be one of those guys that kind of maybe in a few years, as a couple of the older blokes retire, might be on the fringe. He might get maybe one selection, two selections if he's lucky. But I love watching him play. I love the fearlessness with which you spoke about, uh, Rob. So, Mm. yeah, I mean, I'd be happy if he made it. I just don't know if he will. I mean, I actually wanted to piggyback on something you said, Woods, about the defense. And I think that if if we're looking at the question in terms of what does he need to improve on, I think the defense is probably the big thing. We know that he can score. I mean, we saw that, you know, in the final, well, sorry, in the playoffs, I guess, against Toronto, that first game that he had where he had, what, 38 points, I think it was, uh, 14 of 21. He was absolutely amazing. He backed it up really well in game two as well. But if you look at his steals per game, he's, he's a guard. He should be averaging one, one and a half steals a game. He had 0.7, and when you consider he's playing 35 minutes a game, mm. he, had, he was 205th in the league in steals per game, and only, I think it was 11 players had played more minutes per game than him above Strange, him. So, yeah. like, you've got guys that are averaging four minutes a game that are averaging more steals than wow. him. Wow. So, it's, you know, th- that's where he's really got to pick it up. That on-ball defense, pressuring guys, making it difficult for guys like Marcus Smart or Kyle Lowry in the playoffs, and... That's where he's going to add the value to that Sixers team, and that's where he potentially becomes an all-star. Yep. Now, very well said, Stewie. Yeah, in, t- in terms of what he needs to do to get there, um, that's that definitely one defi- deficiency in his game that he needs to work on to, to you know, go to the next level. And that playmaking ability as well. When to, We know we can get buckets, as you guys have all said, right? When, when to know when to set up your teammates and when to get your own is something that he needs to learn as well, right? Yeah. Mm. And that's absolutely right, because it doesn't come naturally to him, so he has yep. to learn to pick those moments and, yep. and maybe not, you know, hold on to the ball too much or, or look for his own shot too much. Yeah. yeah. And he, I mean, he sits in a boat with many. There's a lot of guys out there that are in the same boat where they've got offense for days, but you ask them to set up their teammates and it, it's, not, it's not natural. It's not something that comes to them instinctively. And um, yeah, I think we're, we're starting to see a few of these guys sort of figure it out as they get into their, their third and fourth season. And it's, it's a really big time in his career now to see whether, as he gets into that, that period of his career, whether he really does figure it out and move to that next level. So, awesome question. I, I, I really love that question, though, Daniel. Absolute cracker. Hopefully, we'll see Maxi make it in the next few years and, and make that big leap. And we will, uh, yeah, we'll hopefully be talking about this again in a season's time and kind of see where he's at. There's every reason to believe he'll have a very long career. So, mm. who knows? Yep, absolutely. Awesome. So we'll move on to the uh, the NBL and the, the Boomers Talk segment of this show. We've got a little bit to talk about. We're obviously still a little bit away from the start of the NBL season, but we've just sort of seen the Australians take out the gold in the Asia Cup, took out Lebanon 75-73 in the final, a game that 
was well and truly under control for three and a half quarters. But um, yeah, boys, what were your thoughts on it? Uh, Woody, I'll throw to you first, mate. What are your, your thoughts on the, the whole tournament? Uh, it was a really fun tournament to, to watch, you know. Um, and, you know, some of these uh, guys who might not have previously got an opportunity to represent their country um, got thrown on that center stage to, to show what they could do. Um, yeah, you know, just to see Ton Maker getting some meaningful minutes to play. I know he's been in the G League and he's not, not really got to play for the last few years. So making that All-Star 5 alongside Mitch McCarron was awesome. Um, you know, I, I think Robbie will, and you guys will speak a little bit about the emergence of Tyrese Proctor. Um, so, no, it was really enjoyable to watch. And I think all the teams, um, you know, were, were chasing after Australia. And, uh, you know, Whale Arakji, that's his name, right? The guy from Lebanon, man. That guy really impressed me as well, man, right? Um, yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, really good. Um, I think the free throw shooting, I mean, if, if I was uh, Coach Kelly, I'd be, like, sending him to the lo- to, 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 to shoot some free throws because, I mean, shooting about 55 60% on the tournament, that's terrible, man, you know? And that, that nearly cost him that game in, in the end there, right? You know, so... Um, yeah, no, really enjoyable. But well done to Australia. I think they've booked into the World Cup next year almost now, haven't they? So, yeah. yeah look, I'll give my thoughts. Look, firstly, you know, as much as it was a you know a D grade team, whatever people were calling, it, I found it quite a likable team. It was kind of a team that I was enjoying watching and was sort of you know enjoying their success, I guess, which was good. Um, very strange for me to see Reese Vague, you know, starting in a game like this and playing big minutes. I mean, you know, there's three Wildcats on this podcast, Wildcats fans on this podcast now, and we saw. Saw what Vague was like with us. He wasn't that great a few years ago, but look, the guy is very young. Um, certainly got a lot of size to him, and he can shoot the ball. So, I think probably playing overseas has been a good thing for him. But yeah, enjoyed the tournament. Um, look, to be honest, the final was on so late. I actually went to bed. I think there was about eight minutes left, and we were up about fourteen points. And then I sort of woke up and had all these messages, and like, I can't believe we had, we nearly lost that one. And if that guy hadn't have crapped himself and taken that shot from half court when there was about two and a half seconds left, they might have got a decent look at the end there. So. Yeah, you're right, Woods. Those free throw um, percentages were pretty bad. Um, I was really hoping that Mike Kelly was going to get in Thon Maker's ear over there and try and bring him back home to his home state, but it doesn't look like that's worked. But anyway, yeah. What did you guys think about it? Some of the free throw numbers. I'll I'll give you some of the free throw numbers because you're right, they were absolutely abysmal. Eight of 21 in the final, seven of 13 against New Zealand. Uh, 10 of 19 against Indonesia, 7 of 14 against Saudi Arabia. Like, those are the sort of numbers that can potentially lose your big games in big moments. And as we said, it nearly did. So. Mm, crazy. Nick, what are your thoughts? Yeah, look, I'll be honest. I didn't watch a hell of a lot of the tournament. Um, I kind of thought it was a fait accompli that we would win. So I tuned in a little bit here and there, and I watched nearly all of the final. I missed a little bit of the start. Really enjoyed the game. I tell you what, Tyrese Proctor does look very good. Brad Rosen was on our show a few weeks ago and he was singing his praises in a big deal. Mm. Um, So great to see him. And he kind of bailed out Will McDowell-White, if I'm honest. Will McDowell-White had a horrible turnover in the late stages when Lebanon were really Mm. pressing and really looking like they could could snatch it. Um, And then he he had some real bad mistakes down the stretch and and Tyrese luckily went and hit those free throws. was it one of two? We maybe I can't remember if he hit both. Nah, of them, he hit two. He hit both of them there in the clutch. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And and that was a big deal. Um, so yeah, really impressed with him. Thon Maker was obviously excellent. Good to see McCarran as well, as you say. So yeah, I'll be honest. I didn't watch a hell of a lot of the tournament. I've been focusing more on the AFL and stuff lately while we're in kind of basketball off season in the NBL and in the NBA. But great win for the Boomers, and it's really great to see our depth. You know, as you say, it was kind of a D team. 
Mm. Um, obviously, Thon Maker was once drafted, mm. but when you look at the team as a whole, it was kind of maybe, you know, there would be a number of, of iterations way better than it. So the depth of basketball in Australia is maybe the best it's ever been, and that's probably yeah. the most promising thing for me. But, geez, you got to hit those free throws, boys. You do. Definitely. You do. So, Stewie, well, speak, speak, on, speak on... Sorry. Go ahead, Stewie. No, no, you go, man. I was going to say, speak on Whaler at G a little bit, man. I mean, we, we had a little bit of a chat off air uh, sort of while the game was sort of going on. And there was, yeah, talk about him being kind of like a, a little bit of a, a reiteration of Manu Ginobili. He's got that, that beautiful left-hand release, really cerebral player, kind of knows how to get to his spots, knows how to get to the free-throw line. Good play, mate. I mean, he shot the lights out in that game. He was a very, very deserving MVP of that entire series. I mean, the, the way that he really ramped up from... The first couple of games, you know, 14, 15 points a game, all the way up to the finals, and he was, you know, putting on high 20s, low 30s, right when he needed to be. And uh, I must admit, down the stretch, I was starting to panic a little bit anytime he went near the ball because you just thought he's got that really nice release. Never looked like missing when he put him up either. No, good call. So I did want to just quickly throw a couple of random stats at you from this tournament. So I was looking through a few of the uh, the games that I missed, and uh, Chinese Taipei beat Malaysia by 104 points in one of the one of the games, wow. which was uh, quite interesting. 88 to 16 in the second half that game, so not wow. not particularly great for the Malaysians. Uh, Kazakhstan beat Sri Lanka 107 to 37, so uh, good good result there for the Kazakhs. Um, including a 37 to two first quarter. So, a not, question: uh, Was Anatoly was Anatoly Bose playing for them? Because I noticed he hasn't been in the NBL one the last few weeks. I'm wondering if he was on that Kazakhstan team. Hmm. Ooh, I have to check question. that. I didn't yeah. actually look into the box score. I wish I had now. Yeah. Um, um, the yeah, other really right. random thing was Guam. Guam actually nearly got through the qualifying in that. Like the might of Guam. Did that? <laughs> did they have that Wildcats guy? Yeah. Guam. Who was that Wildcats Yeah, what was his name? I can't... You, can't you love that guy, Woody. He'll be on the back um, of my jersey somewhere. I was about to say... The big, the big boy, boy, remember? I know, I know. I can't remember <laughs> his name. Yeah. yeah, he would be on the back of Nate's jersey. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nah, I'm intrigued by that now. Um, Ernest we'll Ross. We'll move on. What? Ernest... Oh, yeah. I do mm. remember him. That's yeah. random. I remember the player. I'm honest, the name doesn't ring a bell. So there you go. Mm. So we'll move on to the NBL stuff. Now, Woods, I know you're probably still a very, very happy man, reigning champion. It's something that you haven't been able to say to Robbie for a, uh, probably as long as you've known him. Or, yeah, pretty close no, anyway. definitely. So yeah. pretty interesting off-season. Yeah. <laughs> interesting off-season. Justin Simon's on board now. Derek Walton Jr. They're your boys, man. Speak on them. Yeah, yeah, thanks, Julie. I mean, Derek Walton, I mean, he's a great floor general and playmaker. He led the G League in assists last year, um, has that NBA pedigree. Um, you know, Chris Pongrass, he really knows what he's doing, right? Um, he, he got it right last year with our imports. Uh, and I think Justin Simon's a guy that, um, you know, doesn't need the ball in his hands much. He's, you know, he's going to wreak havoc on the defensive end alongside Xavier Cooks. That's going to be brilliant to have those two guys playing together. Um, and there's, there's word on Tim Saw, a, a little-known Brazilian USA stretch four or five that, that is maybe close to be signing. So I think the Kings know what they're doing. We're going to see a bit of a bounce back here from Jordan Hunter this year. Um, I think he's really going to be itching to get back on the floor and play after, you know, play, playing cheerleader for a year. So I think we're in a good, good, good place, man. Um, as I said, that, that front office, 
uh, with Luke Longley, Andrew Bogut, um, Pongrass and, and, and Co. They, they, they know what they're doing. So uh, I think it's going to be a possible back-to-back championship for the Kings. What do you say, boys? Maybe, maybe. I mean, I don't know. A few teams have certainly bolstered their playing style. You know, Adelaide looks looks to be a strong team with what they've built on their roster. I think a few teams probably will go down. Like I could see um, Illawarra going down a little bit. Um, so that's potentially a, a, you know, a finals spot that opens up there. Who knows if Tasmania can repeat what they did last year as well. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. We know the Kings have got that blank checkbook as well, they would. So they'll do whatever they can to, to make it work, right? He's not taking the bait on that one today, is he? Yeah, he's heard it. No, no, he's not. He's not. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do. Uh, I do agree. Like one of the things I, I really enjoyed about sort of watching uh, what Derek Walton can do is he's actually a really, really underrated defender in terms of what he can do. He's really good at sort of getting in the passing lanes. Deceptively athletic. Um, had a couple of really nice sort of not chase down blocks, but sort of blocks after he got beat by uh, by his guys. So um, I think he averaged. I think he had like nine steals in four NBA games for Detroit last yep. season as well. So yeah, we know that he's going to be a really good addition to them defensively. Plays the pick and roll really, really well. That was one of the, the things that we're constantly seeing with him is that, yeah, once he gets into that pocket and the guys are rolling, he's hitting them every time right in the you know right in the, the hands, basically going up for a layup or a dunk. So I think he's a really good pickup. Um, and Robbie, I have to say, man, we, we say this every year about, uh, well, not every year, but we said it last year about Adelaide. They looked really good in the Blitz, and um, obviously we know what happened with them. Oh, their roster's better this year, though. Like, it's it's <laughs> just, a better just, roster. Just a little bit. Yeah. But I'm a massive Hunter fan. Yeah. What, how was Dusty Hannah's on an NBA Summer League roster? Did they not watch him last year or something? My goodness. Jeez. Well, it's about tools, though, isn't it? So if you can hit threes and all you're expected to, to do is stand in the corner, maybe. True. But no, I don't think he's an NBA chance. No, he couldn't but I'm a massive anyone. fan of Hunter. Great to see him coming back. I hope yeah. he stays healthy. He's looking he's good in NBL 1, too. To he's putting up big numbers there. Big def- yeah. Getting a lot of block shots as well. His defense is coming along. So no, I think he'll, he'll be important this year. It's like getting a new player back, isn't it? You know, missed all last year. Look. Speaking of defense, I think that probably my hunch is their offense is maybe not going to be as good as last season, but I think their defense will be better than last season. Mm, so, so I think I think I think you're right, Woody. I think they'll be really right up there once again, and a really good chance to go back to back. Definitely, definitely. Awesome. So obviously we've got to move on to our team, the Perth. Well, I say our team, like three of the four members anyway, our team in the Perth Wildcats. It's been uh, it's been a really weird sort of almost disjointed off season. Obviously we had all the issues with uh, you know with with all the the stuff in the front office going on and I don't think any of us kind of thought that we were even going to get a team together by the time the, the season started. It's it's starting to come together. Obviously John really uh, signed up as the coach now which uh, we'll we'll speak about in a second. We've just had uh, had news that Tashawn Thomas is joining us. Um, we've had Corey Webster as well join up. So got a few little bits and pieces and Trevor's coming back which is huge too mm. it is huge yep after the experience obviously going to play over in the uh the summer league for Cleveland so yeah we've got some some big stuff um Robbie I'll throw to you first mate what have you made of the the offseason for the Wildcats so far yeah look it's been a funny one so far and obviously it's still you know incomplete at this stage but look very pleased that we got JR John really as a coach um really looking forward to him leading the team I think he's Got a great basketball brain. He's got all the pedigree there, and he's also a very good human being as well. I think he's going to really relate to the players there and, 
and you know just create that good sort of culture there that you know we've sort of maybe maybe missed a little bit of late so yeah firstly really pleased to get really there um funny story about john really my brother who's a sports journal was doing a story on john really in the 90s um and basically he, he called our house and i was i would have been like 13 years old and my brother's like oh that'll be john really you can answer it so i, I answered the phone and spoke with john really which was like a highlight so yeah it would have been like uh like 97 98 around that sort of time so that was pretty cool um look in terms of the recruitment there look I am a Corey Webster fan, so I'm, I'm quite pleased with that. I know there's other people that might disagree with that, but I think it's a bit of a, feels to me a bit of a no risk signing there to, you know, have someone like that. You know, they're not, I don't think they're paying him huge money there. He's certainly not going to start for us there. So I think he's a good player to bring off the bench. I think I said to Woods when he signed, who would you prefer, Corey Webster or Kevin White coming on and, and playing minutes off the bench there? So I think that's definitely an upgrade in that spot there. Interested to see who this final import will be. Um, Look, I really had high hopes that we'd get Thon Maker back, especially even more after seeing some of those huge dunks he was throwing down in the, the Asia Cup there. It looks like that might not happen there. So that kind of brings me to another point, and maybe you sort of Perth local boys will know a bit more. What is the go with these local Perth players that don't want to come back and play for the Wildcats? It just seems to happen all the time now, you know? Yeah. Why aren't we getting Geoff Why aren't we getting Thon Maker? You saw the young guy, Jonah Antonio, you know, the Perth product that, you know, great um, product coming out of college there and basically went and signed with Cairns there. So not quite sure what the goes with that there. I, I don't, I really don't quite understand and it. And even but... Wani Bullock yeah. going to Sydney as well, which yeah. broke my heart. No, frustrating. He had a big part in the championship. (laughs) (laughs) He did. But anyway, hopefully that improves. But look, I mean, I'm still holding out hope that we might be able to get either Reef or Maker, but I think I'm probably dreaming a little bit there and we'll end up getting a a US import for that last roster spot. But watch this space, I guess. It's an interesting question. I mean, Nath, have you got any thoughts maybe on why you think so many of them are, are not coming back here? Oh, it's anyone's guess, isn't it? I mean, it's certainly not because of a lack of success or culture in the past. Yeah. So, I mean, and it goes all the way back to guys like, you know, Ben Pepper and... and well, Mark Worthington. Mark Worthington. Yeah. Daniel Johnson. Yeah, the list goes on and on and on. Cam Glidden is from Bunbury, yep. I believe. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yep. I think, I mean, look, I'll, I will say this. Obviously, Duop Reef wanted to play for the Hawks last season under Gorgian, the, the whole boomers thing, I get that. I think what we're probably seeing is a lot of guys feeling that the exposure to the American game is probably a little bit better over playing in Sydney and Melbourne and, and those Eastern States teams, which mm. I guess, you know, if they're wanting to, to bring scouts across to Perth, it's a much bigger flight. I mean, obviously, once you're in Sydney and Melbourne, it's a few hours over, but... It just looks a lot bigger than the flight actually is. So I think maybe teams just think, well, if I'm over there, it's going to be easier to to get a gig. I also think that the Wildcats have traditionally had a lot of stability. So when you think about that wall, for example, in the 90s and early 2000s, or even Ricky playing point, we had a lot of stability. And so maybe if those young fellas thought that they needed opportunity, maybe they didn't think they'd get it. Obviously, we saw Martin Catalini leave not long after he started. Aaron Treher. The list is as long as... as, as, as CJ. Nearly. So, yeah. so I wonder if it's an opportunity thing. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But as far as the, the kind of upcoming season is concerned, I'm a bit opposite to you, Robbie. Uh, I'm not a massive fan of Webster. Uh, <laughs> he's kind of our league's answer to Kyrie Irving a little bit, all the way down to the flat earth stuff. <laughs> um, uh, don't get any avocados near him, uh, no. please, lest he cut his hand in <laughs> half. Mm. Um, but uh, there's no denying his talent. So if he fits in chemistry-wise and he doesn't, you know, he isn't a disruption off the court, then I think he's a tremendous pickup. I just worry about the disruptions and that sort of stuff. 
I don't know if there's going to be a vaccine mandate next season. That will come into play potentially as well. So for me, it's the off-court stuff with him that can be problematic. There's no den- denying his, his on-court. As I mentioned, I think it's huge. Travis is coming back. Um, and I'm stoked we got John Really. I'm really happy we got John Really. I wanted us yeah. to actually sign him last season as coach. Um, I love everything he said in the media. He he wants the challenge. He he likes the fact that there's a lot of pressure. He, he embraces the pressure. He embraces the fact that we have such a storied history here. He wants to add to it. He doesn't want to shy away from it. Yeah. I think that's a great sign. And everything he says about kind of transition D and rebounding and all that stuff, I think is really good. I think it looks like Thomas will gobble up those those rebounds, which is a good thing. Uh, he looks to be uh, probably more than decent passer for a big. Yeah. Um, looks like a real big shot blocker too mm-hmm. from the highlights I've seen. So yeah. yeah, I think I'm I'm buoyed to think that there's a really good chance that hopefully the Wildcats will start a new playoff streak. With any luck. Yeah. With any luck. Yeah, I mean, I'll kind of echo those. I sort of probably watched the similar highlights to what you watched as well. Yeah, really good, uh, good movement for Thomas. He, he seems to move his feet really well on defense. Gets a lot of lot of shot blocks, whether it's on ball or coming from off ball. Uh, decent passer, yeah, certainly was able to, to find a lot of open shooters, which is good. Has a little bit of range, but from what I can see, he tends to stick around the basket. His shooting percentages have all been sort of high 50s, low 60s um, in the professionals. So he's obviously a guy who stays in his lane pretty well, which is is kind of what you want. I mean, And he's not afraid to play back to the basket, which is something that I thought was really good to see too, because I think yeah. we need that. So Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, look, it's an exciting off-season, and look, I have to agree entirely with you, Robbie. I think the whole the no risk signing is is probably the best way to put it with Webster. I think mm. there's very little downside potential. I mean, you're right, Nathan. Like there could be potentially chemistry issues, but I think he just wants to win. He's at that age now where he can't really mess about. It's like it's win or bust really for him. So yeah. I think I think we'll be all right. We'll be all right. Yeah, well said. All right. I think it's time to move on to some NBA. We've got a lot of NBA to get through, so uh, I guess. Where do we start? We'll start off with the train wreck that is Russell Westbrook. I, I, I just I don't even know where to start with this one, but uh, poor Russ Woods. Have you got any idea what the hell is going to happen with this? Yes, I mean Zach Lowe said on his podcast the other day. I don't know if you guys heard. Um, you can't ask him to change his game now. He's just not going to do it. Do you know what I mean? He's people have said if he can, uh, you know, shoot those corner threes and take a bit of a backseat role and you know become a more you know, um, interested defender, set screens and things like that, uh, then maybe you can, you know, Darvin Ham's like, you're going to see a different Russell Westbrook. But no, I think Zach Lowe's right. <laughs> I mean, it's too late. It's like you know, Alan Iverson. He just wasn't willing to take that kind of lesser role. But a guy like Vince Carter was. He changed his game. And so his longevity in the game was, you know, um, uh, you know there, right? But, but a guy like Russell Westbrook, I mean, he relies on his athleticism. He was never going to age well. And it's that mindset of not willing to, to you know, adapt to to aging and, and and taking a lesser role on a team. So, I mean that that contract's impossible to 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 get rid of now. So I don't know what the Lakers are going to do, man. They're in trouble, man. I'm telling you, right? Well, nearly impossible. The Spurs could could take it. Yeah. Well, we've got the cap room. Yeah. You are trying to tank, I guess. There is that. You, well, we 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 would take him in a trade as long as we got enough first round picks, and then we'd cut him immediately. So I think the question is, which teams would want him off waivers, or or after he clears waivers? That's the question. Would anyone? Do you think any contenders would actually want him, Robbie? You got any any teams? You think yeah. There's a guy that would shoot off the side of the backboard four times a game. Firstly, a tough one for me. <laughs> He's I'm, a triple double threat. 
I'm probably one of the only remaining Russ fans there, so it's hard for me to see the way he's, he is playing. And look, I'll be the first to admit he just hasn't adapted and he was probably never going to adapt. But look, I've heard there's been some interest from some teams, but I don't think contenders. There's probably more, you know, teams maybe like a, you know, Charlotte or sort of a team like that that, you know, is sort of making up the numbers, but they're not like a championship contender. But yeah, I mean, I'd actually like to see if he could actually come back and, and show that he could prove us all wrong and that he could adapt and change his game a little bit. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens. But yeah, if he could come back and, and maybe try and reinvent himself, because I sort of hate almost the slander that he gets. And I'm not saying that it's not deserved there, just with the way he's, he's you know gone downhill so much the last few years. It's just a shame for all the, the accolades and the great sort of achievements he's done just to sort of be at this stage now. It's quite sort of sad to see, but I hope it all sort of works out for him anyway. I mean, as an OKC fan, it pains me watching it. I mean, I, I got to see the best years of his career by by far. You know, watching him as that triple double, thre- well, triple double machine, really. Animal, him, but absolute animal. Yeah, yep. it is. It is hard to watch. Mm. Yeah, it's hard to watch. But uh, I guess we'll uh, we'll move on to uh, to Brooklyn. There's uh, there's there's a lot of weird little rumblings about different pockets of this team. And Nathan, I guess I'll, I'll throw to you first. I mean. We've obviously you've got the Kevin Durant situation, you've got the Kyrie Irving. We kind of spoke about it a couple of weeks ago. What do you think is going to happen with Brooklyn? I if if I'm Brooklyn, I try and hold on to KD at all costs. I actually think him and Ben Simmons is a really good pairing, and there are definitely no vaccine mandates next season, so Kyrie isn't going to be an issue in that regard for them. So I think they should do everything they can to hold on to both Kyrie and KD, and I think pairing them with Simmons is perfect because. It takes all the scoring pressure off Simmons. He is not going to have to score at all. He can distribute. He can play defense. He can run the floor. So so I really like that core. And then you throw in guys like Harris and Mills and all those guys. Uh, uh, Claxton. So so I think they should hold on to him. And, and I think Boston would be crazy to trade a guy who's about 10 years younger than him in Jalen Brown. I think that would be really stupid of the Celtics to do that. Uh, so I think that's, that's the big question. You know, will... Will they hold on? How long will they hold on? And will the deals just get better and better? And I think there's been, like, teams just don't value draft picks anymore. They're just dishing them around like, like they're going out of fashion, aren't they? And, mm. and, and I think they're actually surprised at the lack of draft picks that have been offered for Durant. But it's his age and his injury history. He Definitely. is not the same as some of these younger guys that are drawing. So DeJounte, for example. Okay, Gobert is about 30-ish, but he is... A, you know, half a decade younger. So that's partly why they're not going to get these draft pick offers. I think I think if Brooklyn can get Jalen Brown, Derek White and a first, I think they'd almost be crazy not to not consider to say, it yeah. really strongly. But I think ideally, best case scenario is to hold hold on to both of them. Yeah, look, I'm maybe not as I'm maybe not as high on Jalen Brown as some. I've got to say, I thought you know the playoffs did show a few limitations in his game. I mean, he's a, just a horrendous dribbler. Honestly, he just hasn't worked out how to handle the ball yet. Um, I find his shooting very inconsistent. Um, I don't know. I I wonder if he's best suited to be like a third guy on a on a on a real contending team rather than that second guy that he is now. So, um, look, I yeah, I if I was Brooklyn, I probably wouldn't do the. The trade for um, for him and the forward, I'd probably be looking to get Marcus Smart instead. Um, I just think he offers a lot more than than what White does. But yeah, it is interesting, isn't it? Um, I don't know. That's yeah, Jalen Brown. I don't know. He doesn't totally excite me. I've got to say. But yeah, you're totally right with what you said as well, Nath. The fact that you know Durant's age and obviously that recent injury history there is is a big concern there. I think he's someone that 
you know, he will lose a bit once he gets that ne next injury, but he's still always going to be able to shoot. He's about 100 feet tall still. So, you know, he's still going to always have that part of his game. But, yeah, it'd be interesting to see if Boston really sort of swing for the, you know, for the fences and try and just break up the, the core of a young team there just to potentially have a player that might be there for a couple of years. So, yeah, I was interested to hear the, all those rumours this week and the Woj 2.38am tweet or whatever it was. So, yeah. Uh, maybe I'll just quickly chime in there, Robbie, as well. And he's only played 90 games, right, in the last three seasons. I know one of them was a, mm. a full season now with the Achilles injury or whatever. But, you know, he's an aging superstar. And, and, and to your point, Nate, um, if he doesn't want to be there, I agree, man. If you, if, if you keep this nucleus together, Brooklyn have got a good team. But if he doesn't want to be there, you know, that's also a mindset thing. The so why did he sign a four-year contract with? Yeah, like, what are those I mean, people just, doing? Seriously. That's, yeah. just, that's just a rant for you, man. You know, yeah. And where does he want to be? I've yeah. heard he doesn't want to go to Boston because Kyrie told him Boston's a bad place to play. <laughs> so there's limited like, options. You'd definitely listen to Kyrie's advice, wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> well, he's right or die. I mean, clearly they're dying if, if uh, he's willing to leave already. He's right mm. or die bloke that he played with for only a you know, handful yeah, of games. Didn't last long, did it? Yeah, well, what was that thing you, you said? Didn't, didn't you say the other week that like, Hakeem Olajuwon and Vince Carter had played more games together than Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. I think wow. it was 47 games to 44, That's which is crazy. Start, yeah. Like, yeah. absolutely. Oh, it's yeah. nuts. It's nuts. Yeah. Yeah, it is crazy. I, I, I mean, look, I agree. If if it's possible to get him into that mindset where he does want to play back, Joe Harris was the big thing that I actually had. Was, you know, if you can get him back, one mm. of the most elite shooters in the entire league, yeah. and you've got that guy sitting there on the wing just waiting for passes to come out from a KD from a Ben Simmons, from a Kyrie. And we know how good a passer Simmons is, you know. Yeah, so. like that opens up a whole different... And, and obviously you can have Paddy Mills on the other the other wing as well. So you've got... Seth Curry. Three-point shooters in the league right now. Seth, exactly, yeah, yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yep. Well, they've got three of the best shooters then. Um, <laughs> you know, and they've got some, some decent guys. Like if LaMarcus Aldridge is running it back again, you've got a guy who can, who can shoot pretty well from the outside as well. So they've got guys that can really spread the court, but... Yeah, you're, you're right. Like, if they can't get him into that mindset where he wants to be there, then they're stuffed. They really are. Mm -hmm. All right, New York. Time to, time to move across the uh, across the river. Where dreams are made. Where dreams are made, exactly. So, a lot of uh, rumours linking Donovan Mitchell to New York. Now, I guess the big thing I wanted to mention just quickly is the fact that they've already signed Jalen Brunson as that, that other guard. There's talk now of getting Mitchell. You could potentially be putting two six foot one guards in a backcourt mm. who don't play D. Who don't play D. Yeah, that's exactly the other thing. They don't. It just would D. not work, would it? I don't yeah. Know. Yeah, maybe I'll go first on yeah, that. Look, I, I think it, to me, I mean Brunson. I think he works hard on D. You'll give him that at least. He seems to actually know the actual general concept. Mitchell's one of those infuriating players for me, and I've said it about Wiggins in the past. And someone that is so athletic, it makes no sense that you're not good at defense. It makes no sense. Doesn't he have like these giant hands as well? So I just don't get it that someone with all that athleticism, speed, jumping ability, big hands, long arms, and that, to me, I just think it's a work ethic or a laziness type thing. I can see guys that you know, some of your slow sort of footed guys that just, you know, can't really stay in front of anyone. I can understand that, but I don't get guys like Donovan Mitchell that don't play defense and it does infuriate me. So look, I don't think the New York thing's going to happen, to be honest. I think they'd have to give up someone like RJ Barrett in that trade. I think there's no way they want to give up him. I think they really like the upside of him. I don't think they've really got anything else that would make it work unless, I mean, I don't know, we'll really find out how much Danny Ainge does value draft picks there, but I don't see it happening with New York. And I, I don't know, you're not hearing a lot of other sort of teams that he's rumored to be going to, are we? 
and it, and it probably impacts Julius Randle. I mean, I don't know what your thoughts are, Woody, but I think if you have a guy like Randle who's been an all-star, he's been an all-NBA player, and then all of a sudden you're bringing in Brunson on this $100 million contract, you're, you're potentially bringing in Mitchell who is... Yeah, he's been an alpha, I guess, for that Utah team for that long. I mean, what does that do to Randall? Yes, you make a good point. And I think a guy like Randall needs a bit of a bounce back year as well, you know, because last year wasn't, you know, after that, the height of the All-Star uh, selection and, and the New York going to the playoffs for the first time in a minute. You know, last year was a year where he, he really didn't, uh, you know, let that momentum um, carry on to the season afterwards, right? And people are saying, was that just a one-season thing, you know? Um, you know, he gets he gets a bit comfortable and, and, and his, his game takes a dip. So I think he'll be really motivated to come back this year. Um, I, I mean, I think that New York Donovan um, talk has now actually gotten a bit less, you know. Uh, there's someone saying, would you trade? I think it was Kevin O'Connor and uh, KOC and um, and Vern. They were saying, would you trade Trey Young for, for Donovan? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, would you do that, right? You know, so... Um, oh, no. So because Donovan goes goes missing in playoff games. Well, he has anyway yeah. in the last couple of years. So yeah, yeah. And I think the Jazz don't need to trade him straight away, man. You know, they can mm. sit and wait and see what opens up. I, I kind of agree with you guys. I don't think New York's the greatest fit. You know, although New York want to get that, um, you know, star player. You know, like since Carmelo Anthony, they haven't really had anyone who you know is. is you know, top 20 players in the league. I would say Donovan's probably, I don't know what you guys think, slightly superior in terms of his ranking in, to Julius Randle might be a top 30, 40 player. I reckon Don, Donovan's probably a top 20 player in the league at this point. So no, he's not, like there's that. no way he's top 20. Look, I, I get annoyed about this because I hear people not dropping 20. stuff like that all the time. There's no way. Do you remember someone, I had that, we had that big argument at the pub woods last season when someone was saying Kyrie's a top 10 player. I'm like, he's absolutely not. At that stage, when someone said that, he was the third best player on his own team. So I think Donovan Mitchell's, yeah, 30 to 40 range. Um, but, yeah, I think he is probably in front of Julius Randle. But, yeah, he's certainly not top 20. Yeah. Sorry. Right. I'd echo that. I think I think you're right. Maybe in the 30 to 40 range, but ahead of Randle. But the, mm-hmm. the, the rumours at the moment now are Toronto and the Clippers. Yeah, okay. So they're the other teams that seem to be in the mix for him. So it'll be really interesting to see. I don't think New York should do it. If they didn't have Brunson, they should. But they have Brunson. So no, mm. I wouldn't I wouldn't what, go for it. What are the Clippers going to give up? I don't know, but it's it's an interesting like, one. We, we've got all their draft picks. They have to give up like Trey Mann and... Uh, not Trey Mann, sorry. Um, well, they've got Powell. Man. Powell could be a yeah, trade chip. Yeah. Although I would, I would keep yeah. Powell because I like him. Um, Terrence Mann. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it'd be tough. I don't know. It's just what I read. It'd be yeah. tough. Reggie Jackson. Yeah, I, I'm with you guys. I don't think he ends up in New York. Yeah, yeah, Reggie, Reggie Jackson. Oh, no, nah, I don't think it works. I, I think, yeah, yeah I think there are better teams that, that he could go to, but I definitely don't think it's going to be any of those teams. So we'll quickly do a, a recap, I guess, of our own team. So you guys are both obviously Atlanta Hawks fans. Pretty uh, pretty decent off-season, you would say. So what are your thoughts on the, the draft, I guess, and... Um, obviously, you know, we've, we've all spoken about the DeJounte Murray trade, but if you want to sort of give that 20, 30 seconds, you're welcome to as well. And I'll, I'll start us off. So, look, I love the trade. Absolute highway robbery. Sorry, no. Um, honestly, if the Hawks have the sort of next few years, like I'm expecting, those draft picks will be absolute rubbish. They'll be, you know, the 23 to 30 sort of range there. And we very rarely see good players. Well, I mean, the Spurs have picked up some players at that rate, but... Um, I really like the offseason so far for the Hawks, to be honest. Um, you know, they got rid of Gallo, who had nothing left. They brought a young all-star in Murray, who I think is going to pair really well. 
they've managed to keep JC, John Collins. He's still around. You know, obviously traded Kevin Herter there, but that, you know, I was a little bit sad to see him go, but we recouped one of those draft picks we, we gave up, which not a lot of people have sort of mentioned in that trade there. But look, I'm pretty happy with it. Didn't mind their draft. I don't, you know, Woody and I spoke about it when we did a bit of a recap. We don't, um, Nate McMillan doesn't really have a tendency to play rookies, but I like the offseason so far. Yeah, I, I echo Robbie's thoughts. You know, I always said you need to get uh, someone with defensive chops to put alongside, you know, Trey, and they've done that. Um, our rookies from last year basically didn't play at all. Maybe they're going to start playing a little this year. I really like the draft pick with um, with Griffin getting getting him so late. Once again, I don't know if Nate's going to play him that much, but uh, and and you'll see um, Onyeka Kongu step up this year, you know, and play mm-hmm. a, a more of a um, of a prominent role in that lineup. So yeah, really excited to see see how, how things unfold this year once the season starts. And yeah, keeping JC was also good. So. So I did want to just quickly mention as well, I did see the, the message the other day with the Okongwu jersey coming through, which was absolute fire to uh, nice steal yep. a phrase from the, the young'uns. <laughs> but um, yeah, look, I, I mean, I agree with you guys entirely. I know Nathan and I had a, a pretty interesting conversation about that. He's maybe not quite as um, on board with it being highway robbery. Do you, you, you think there's potential with the draft picks being okay? Yeah, well, some of them aren't until 2027 and later. So And there's pick swaps and, and you can have him. It's like, don't let the door hit your uh, ass on the way out, mate. Like, seriously. He, like, after saying the Spurs were, were a great organisation and all this stuff, he said that they're going to be shipped for the next 15 years. Yeah, he's, he he's a diva, mate. He's a punk on social media. <laughs> you can have him, quite frankly. Yeah, and he'll probably piss off in two seasons anyway. By the way, um, John Collins, um, apparently Miami have turned their attention to him now that they are probably not going to enter the Durant or Mitchell field yeah. uh, sweepstakes. So there's a very good chance we could see John Collins in a Miami uniform from what I've read recently. Yeah. So that's interesting. Yeah, I agree. There's a, there's a good chance that uh, JC won't be on the roster at the start of the season. I mean, Robbie Love, and we, 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 we don't want to see him get traded. But as you said, I think there's a really good chance he may be. So, yeah. Interesting. So, Nath, I guess we'll flip over to your Spurs just quickly. Thoughts? Oh, look, you know, like I said on our show um, in the last few weeks, I, I think we probably should have started the rebuild a couple of years ago. Uh, had a bit of a false start, I guess, with DeRozan and Aldridge. I mean, we did have a decent team, but Murray doesn't fit in the window, so he can go. Uh, most of our core is between 19 and 22. I think we're positioning ourselves really well. And I think that, obviously, Utah are, are going to be our, our greatest nemesis as far as stockpiling draft picks are concerned. But I fully expect us to probably get rid of Richardson. Um, as I say, we might take on Westbrook to get an extra draft pick. So I, I fully accept, expect the Spurs to get another couple of first rounders before all, or before all is said and done by the trade deadline. So yeah, I'm happy. Like I, I've been a Spurs fan. This is my 30th year as a Spurs fan, right? I'm all about the long game. I don't care if we have to be crap for a year or two. I mean, I'm wearing my Sydney Swans hat. We had a couple of crappy years, and now we're right back up there again. So, so the Spurs can bottom out for a few years, and then with any luck, you know, we'll we'll be a, a perennial uh, playoff team again in in five-ish years. So that's fine. Can enter the Wembenyama. Uh, what was it? The Wembenyama Rama. I think it's. Oh, there's <laughs> been a few, uh, yeah, interesting ones. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hey Nate, how do you uh, get pop to tank? Obviously, as an OKC. Uh, do what we're doing, right? So, so trade off all the good players so that he has no choice. Because you're right, and I actually talked about this on our show a couple of weeks ago. It's not in his DNA to lose. 
So yeah. what you do is you just send off all the players that will help him win, and he's got he can only do so. So this is kind of good. I think we'll compete. I think guys like Keldon Johnson, Josh Primo, it puts their development on in overdrive. So I think we'll compete and we'll play hard, but we'll still lose. So it's actually kind of best case scenario as as again a fan of thirty years. So so yeah, I, I think it's looking good. Nice. I mean, look, as an OKC fan, it's pretty obvious. I'm I'm very very happy with Chet Holmgren. I think the the chemistry with him and Josh Giddy looks really good. Um, yeah, we, we saw the whole Kenny Lofton Jr. thing as as he was sort of you know bashing him around with all the all the girth that he has. But I mean, I, I think if you look at guys, you you can't teach height, you can't teach length. When you've got a guy that's that tall and has a wingspan that big, it's hard not to get too excited. Obviously, the hope is he doesn't turn into like Sean Bradley 2.0. But um, and shout out to Sean, obviously with with all that he's he's gone through. But um, did he pass away? No, no, did the. With the, oh, I thought he passed away as a result of that. No, is he still with us? No, it's Mark Eaton. No, oh, there you go. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, basically, like it's it's been an exciting off season as an OKC fan. Probably almost too good. I think one of the things that we were talking with Brad Rosen about was yeah, we we probably will win too many games yeah. next season to be really in the running for that number one pick. And I mean, some of the highlights coming out of France with uh, with Wembanyama look just ridiculous. So whoever gets him, you know, all power to him. I think they'll they'll have a great little run coming up I guess but um, but yeah one of the things guys I did want to just quickly round out this NBA section with is to do with the the tweet I guess that we saw coming out from Draymond Green so we've kind of buried the lead a little bit but we did want to finish with this one and so what he's basically said was that his 27 Golden State Warriors team could handle the 1998 Chicago Bulls team now it's a it's a big statement um, but I, I guess I just wanted to get your thoughts on it Robbie maybe we'll go to you first Ooh. It's a tough one, isn't it, when you're comparing errors, I've got to say. I mean, you're always going to kind of stick up for that error that you were first around. So for me, of course, I'm going to sort of stick up for the old guys there. Um, I don't know. I think his quote was they beat Chicago by 20 and Utah by 40. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't really listen to a whole lot that Draymond says, to be honest. I mean, the first thing I thought of when he said Utah by 40, I just thought, imagine John Stockton's dirty defense on Steph Curry. He would give... He would give Steph Curry hell with the way he played defense. Honestly, he was he was a real hard ass, and you know, obviously the rules are a bit different back then. So I think he would really. I'm not quite sure who Draymond was going to guard. Like, does he think he would have been able to guard Carl Malone? I can't see that to be, to be honest. But yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm you know I'm an old man. I'm always going to kind of stick up for those errors there. But I don't really read a whole lot into what Draymond says to be honest. He just he just says random things all the time, and then yeah, just that's how and that's the way he rolls. Errors, Robbie. Mm. He literally said just before that we shouldn't be comparing errors, and then he yeah. proceeded himself to compare errors. So yeah, like, yeah, Cla- classic Draymond. Yeah, and obviously with hand checking, guys, you know, okay, back so in the day, right? The game was played differently. Exactly, the rules were different, yeah. so it's hard to actually, you know, quantitate what what would have happened, right? So. It, it, it's difficult, but I'm going to stick by MJ and, and, and the Bulls, man. There's no way that that team would have beaten them by 20 points, in my opinion. But yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah. No, of course not. I mean, if ever there was a guard lineup or, or swingman lineup that could defend the, the Warriors players, it's Jordan Pippen and Ron Harper. Ron Harper yeah. was, what, 6'6 himself? Yeah. Like, he, I was a big, big fan of Harper. Dennis Rodman was a great defender, too. Like, I, yeah, I. I I think that's crazy. And by the way, the other thing, one thing that people don't seem to mention much, that that Warriors team probably deserves an asterisk 
because if it weren't for the cap exploding, they wouldn't have even been able to fit Durant under 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 the cap. You know, so so rather than a gradual rise in the cap, which is what's happened in the past, they were just the beneficiaries of of a kind of a blip in the system. And that's the only reason why they even had Durant. So, okay, granted the team was bloody good before he joined them, but no, I, I, I don't think so. All right. Mm. I'm going to play devil's advocate here. I'm going to make a little bit of a case for the Warriors. For the record, I, I mean, that's a rule in basketball. You don't bet against Jordan. It's, it's, you just don't do it. But the one thing I will say is this. Durant is going to be guarded by Scottie Pippen. Now, we know Pippen is one of the all-time great defenders, but he never had to defend a seven-footer. So that's going to make it a little bit more difficult. If you look at the ages of the guys, I mean, if you go to the Bulls, like you had Longley and Kukoc were 29, Pippen was 32, Jordan and Harper are 34, Robin's 36. All of the guys for the Warriors were all in their sort of mid to late 20s. So you had... Uh, I think Thompson and Durant... No, Green and Thompson were 26. Durant and Curry were 28. So you could sort of make a little bit of a case that they're a little bit more in their prime. I think it would be a hell of a matchup, quite frankly. And, and I would have loved to... I'd love if there was some sort of simulation where you could actually see how it would have, would have gone. And mm. you could obviously throw in the 1986 Boston Celtics. You could throw in some of those Lakers teams as well from yeah. the 80s and the, the early 2000s with Kobe and Shaq as well were a, a really, really tough team to beat as well. Spurs so, had some decent I was about Spurs to say, Nate's going to be elbowing you there, Stu, I think, and telling you to mention the Spurs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bringing up Kobe before Duncan. They, they look, you know, I mean, I, I have to do something to keep you on your toes. But yeah, look, there's, there's so many great teams that we could look at and it is one of those things that it's like the GOAT debate, the whole Jordan and, and uh, LeBron. I mean, there's no definitive answer. It's always just, you know, how you feel. And you can put as many different stats and as many different numbers in, in front of anyone as you want. And there's not going to be a yes or no or a right or wrong answer to it. It's just, you know, sometimes a little bit of fun. That's it. All right. I think we've got another classic pack to, uh, to round out before we get into the outro. If I may say quickly, may. I saw Kevin Durant said that... Um, if if um, Steve Kerr was coaching the team, he would have instructed the team to attack Steve Kerr in pick and rolls, which I think is funny. And I, I don't know, I, I feel like Stewie doesn't give Steve Kerr the coach enough credit. And I actually rate him more as a coach than, than Stewie does. As a manager. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Cool, shall we get into uh, hack Let's number two, shall we? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, again, I'm going to show you the edges just so you can see that it has not been tampered with. Authentic. All right. If we get a John Crotty in here, then we know that something's going on. <laughs> so, what year is that, Stewie? What back have you got? Do you want to tell the audience? So this is the this is the 1994-95 Fleer Ultra. So we're looking for things like scoring kings or double troubles, all NBA first, second, and third teams. Uh, this pack is sellotaped shut. That's uh, <laughs> doesn't want me to get in at all. Here we go. Sellotaped? That's a bit yeah, dodgy. A bit, bit of tape on the back there. Does that mean it's been tampered with? All right. So we have, we're have we going to start off with a, a Denver Nugget, one of the members of the team that shocked the Seattle Supersonics in that 93-94 uh, that season. Played with Jalen, of course. Uh, LaFonso Willis. You would have played with Jalen. Oh, definitely, definitely. So one, uh, one of the guards. Uh, Bryant Stith. Bryant Stiff. Like a quality player he was, actually. And I love Good guess, man. Good guys. guess. Like, this is a good set. Really mm, good they set. They are nice looking ones, definitely. Cool designs. Yep. 
Uh, all right, second one is one of the very, very key members to the Bulls' first three-peat in terms of one of their bench guys, one of their bench bigs. Scott Williams. Thanks. Scott Williams. Beautiful. <laughs> all He's right. not this one daily, Dele, is he? Uh, we've got... No, that's Brian that's Williams. Brian Williams. That's Scott yeah, Williams yeah, yeah, out of North yeah, Carolina. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, gotcha. They were both on the team, yeah. both Williams, right? On the Bulls? Yeah, not sure if the same uh, time. Yeah, different, like, different, different eras. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, different yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. Brian was on the, on the second three-page. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure, yeah. All right, well, this is an easy one. The, the third, third card is one of the teammates of the jersey that you're wearing, Robbie, in college. Uh, Juwan Howard. Jersey you're wearing, Chris Webber. In the pros. Chris Webber. C Web. Yes. Nice. I remember that card. Nice card. Yeah. He he would have received a lot of passes from Jay Will, that man. Mm. A lot. Okay, we have got a very late in the career San Antonio Spurs forward. Or oh, um, as as a fan, Terry Cummings. You, you may. Never met a shot never met a shot he didn't like, and you've already said his name. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's ridiculous, man. <laughs> oh fuck. So what what nice. are the assist stats there, Stewie? Because I never remember him ever passing the ball, ever. Uh, le less than one a game. <laughs> there that, you that, go. That there you wow. go. That oh well, here we go. This this one's easy. Your head coach. Oh, Nate. Number ten for the Sonics. Nate McMillan. Just nice. ahead of Derek Harper, I think it is, yep. Hey, Stu, what's his weight? He always looked a bit chubby to me, old Nate McMillan. What do they list him as there? N Nate McMillan is listed at 195. That's wow. actually not too bad for a guy 6'5". Yeah, I don't that's think that's... a similar weight to Jordan. I think they might have left off a few digits on that, I reckon. He's looking pretty lean on this card, Okay, Robbie. fair enough. Yeah, yeah. he does look yeah. pretty lean. It's earlier in the career, yeah. Mm, yeah. Okay, well, we, we had this guy in the previous pack, funnily enough, Um Left left us feeling a little bit short of breath. And makes me feel very tall. Oh, Muggsy. Not that I'm Muggsy. diminutive. Muggsy. Muggsy. Double Muggsy. Nice. All right. We've got our first insert. Ooh. Here we go. Uh, probably the, the greatest rebounder of the 1990s. And one of the Dennis Rodman. first fan, even though his time with the team yeah. wasn't so good. Yeah. Yep. So this is the ultra power. Dennis Robin, very very cool insert. It's a nice looking card, isn't it? Yeah, that's very nice. I think that's Kevin Willis's uh, torso right next to him. I was about to say Kevin Willis is one of the up there with the top rebounders of the nineties as well, definitely. Absolutely. Also won a championship with the Spurs, of course. Yeah, of course. Now, this is a guy that I think has actually given you grief. It's not Orlando Woolridge, so I'll, I'll mention that straight <laughs> away. Roll that one out. It is a guy that uh, so he's playing with the New Jersey Nets here. Uh, had a pretty solid career with uh, with the Charlotte Hornets at one stage. Uh, really, really solid moustache. Good rebounder. Uh, trying to think what else you can... J.R. Reid? When I think of the Nets in the early 90s, I think of this guy. Like he, My mind goes oh. to him always, yeah. Who was the other team he said he played for? Uh, oh, okay, Roy Hinson. Roy Hinson. No, uh, the Charlotte Hornets. I, th I think he played with for oh, a little um, bit. Gilliam. I'm just going to check. Oh, oh, Armin Gilliam. Gilliam. Yes, yeah. it is. It is mm. Armin Gilliam. There we nice. go. Nice, beautiful. What a legend. <laughs> uh, easy one. East Bay Funk. Uh, Jr. Isaiah Ryder. Yep, Jr. Ryder. 
Is that the best card they could get for okay, him? All right. Jeez. Yeah, I know. Like not the greatest the, action the picture. Picture on the back's better than the. Fr- that's better and better than the one mm. on the front. One of the favourite cards I ever had as a kid was him midair throwing ball under under leg as he's doing the dunk yeah. in that dunk comp. Mm. That was a, that's a great card that one. Definitely. All right, this okay. I've got a, a bit of a random clue for for this. So during the I think it was during the Bull seventy two win season, there was a game against the New York Knicks where Steve Kerr tried to bat a ball away um, and it fell straight into the arms of this guy who hit a three to tie the game for the Knicks. Larry Johnson? He's a North Carolina player as well um, and a college coach as well. Oh, Hubert Davis. Yeah, still heavily involved in the game. It Hubert is, Davis. it is indeed. Hubert Davis. All right, we've got the other half of the Dennis Rodman card. One of my absolute favourite players of all. The Admiral. So stoked he came to play for us at the end of no, so who who was who was Dennis Rodman out yeah. out rebounding on that Former card? Former Hawk. Oh, Kevin Willis. Nice. Oh yeah, all right. <laughs> Kevin Willis. No, I remember that card. Yeah. Good little pack. Snatching one down. Yeah. Good pack. Okay, so if anyone had listened to our redraft episode that we did uh, a, a couple of weeks ago, oh, good plug there. This is a a gentleman who was drafted at number five in the nineteen ninety draft. Um, Kendall Gill. We we took him a little bit. It is Kendall, Kendall Gill. Gill. Kendall Gill. Love Kendall Gill, man. That was a horrible trade. That was a horrible trade that they uh, they mm. executed to get him to Seattle. Hey, Stu. Speaking of that draft, when I was listening to it, I was sort of when it, like and the whatever team selects, I was saying it before he said it. I had a look. I've got nine of nine jerseys of those top ten picks. I think the only one I didn't have was Bo oh, Kimball. Wow. Yeah. So it's, for some reason, I had heaps of jerseys from that year's draft. So That's yeah, interesting. I didn't have any Kessler jerseys, though. Sorry about that. Really. Pardon, yeah, it wasn't pardon. great, was it? No, no, no. Ali Kessler. No, Ali Kessler. Yeah. Oh, it was horrible. Um, <laughs> just, just quickly, did either of you guys have any anyone different that you would have drafted? In? I, the only one I was a little bit with, and that's because I'm probably my homer there. I'm a massive L Train L Train fan, but I think when you guys spelled it out and like Lionel Simmons, and you sort of showed, okay, started off great, and you sort of great, he went down pretty quickly. So that was probably fair enough. At first, I'm like, man, the old train should be higher here, but no, no, no issues with what you guys did. I thought it was good. Maybe Sabalas ahead of Kukoch, potentially. You know, mm. potentially. It's it's so subjective. Anyway, we can be yeah. sitting. Here, we'll see you talking about this <laughs> yeah. all day. Uh, second last one in the pack. This is an absolute scoring king. This guy, king by name and by team. Oh, Bernard. No, no, no. By, by team. By team. Ah. So a scoring king for Sacramento. Oh, that's the name of the card. And this would have just about been his peak, I reckon. Uh, I should know if it's Sacramento. Um, so who, 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 Mitch, who, who were Richmond. the best scorers for the Sacramento? Well, yes, yep. Mitch Richmond. Yeah. Beautiful. I've got that jersey. Absolute champion. Love the rock. Champion yeah. player. Nice. Yeah. Probably one of those players that guys maybe, or people I should say, maybe 10 years younger than us, maybe don't appreciate how good he no. really was. was I actually listened to him on Knuckleheads podcast a couple of nights ago, actually. Really, really good podcast, that one with Mitch Richmond. So if anyone hasn't listened to that one, check that out. And also the Andre Miller one was really, oh, really was good. Brilliant. How much yeah. of a character was yeah. he? Andre Miller, my goodness. I had no idea he had that sort of yeah, um, personality that he does. Yeah. I've listened to a few of their shows, but not recently. Yeah, yeah no, they're good, those two. All right, boys, we've got one... We got one more card. This is the non the non spectacled cousin. 
Uh, Harvey oh. Grant. All right. Okay, and there you go. Playing. Yes. Is Harvey Grant over Chris Mullen? To, I think I might need some seven. water because I might be on fire. Anyway. Settle down. Yeah, <laughs> that was okay. That was a much better pack. Good than, pack. Much better pack. That than was the consistent, upper deck. wasn't it? Yeah, Good that was pack. decent. Yeah, absolutely. That was fun. Cool. So that brings us to the end of a really, really fun show. Absolutely enjoyed chopping it up with you guys as we uh, we always do, and we obviously appreciate you having us on the show and letting me sort of take the reins this week. And sure, hopefully, I was able to moderately fill your size twenty-two shoes that you guys have. Um, thanks to everyone for tuning in. As I mentioned at the start of the show, please subscribe on YouTube or wherever it is that you listen to the podcast. As you know, guys who do podcasts ourselves, we, we can truly appreciate just how much effort these guys put into what is a real quality product. So And great guests always. Absolutely. Apart from maybe when we're on, but well. like, okay guests when we're on and great guests <laughs> in other <laughs> So yeah, look. If, if you like it, tell your friends. Nath, I'll get you to do a quick plug on our show while we're here and then we'll... Yeah, check out the Sport Blokes. We're on all the streaming platforms that Stu mentioned at the top. Uh, we cover a range of sports, but we are basketball junkies through and through. So it's always more basketball than anything else. For those that are big fans, check out episodes 102, 103, 104, 107 and 108. They're all very basketball heavy. We did an NBA draft special with uh, Alex Loughton, Peter Hawley, and Brad Rosen. So their, their insights were really great. We did that draft episode, as you mentioned. This is the bit where I was going to say check out episode 111 because we have Woody and Robbie on, but because of the aforementioned problems with Stewie forgetting the cards, we won't be recording with them today. But we'll definitely uh, uh, love to have you guys on our show again sometime soon. So keep an eye on our social media, at SportBlokes, and we'll definitely be uh, promoting that episode whenever it does seem to happen. So, Robbie, hit the viewers up with details on where they can follow you guys. Thanks, Dewey, mate. It's been a while since I've done this. I'm a bit, bit um, slack on this. And, yeah, well said as well, Nate, especially those those latest episodes. I've really enjoyed it. And I found as well there hasn't been a lot of content. So I'm forever sort of doing the refresh thing on my podcast. I'm like, oh, great, there's a new Sports Blokes episode. So, no, keep up the great work, fellas. Um, look, just in terms yeah, of where every can... week. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Um, just in terms of where everyone can find us. So, look, our Twitter handle is throwback.hoops. Uh, sorry, um, we're at Throwbacks Hoops. I told you it's been a while since I've done it. Um, Instagram with throwback.hoops. Uh, of course, our email address, throwbackhoopspodcast at gmail.com. So you saw we got that viewer question in this uh, week's episode. So if anyone's got any questions or you know requests for jerseys you want us to wear, um, hit us up and we'll see what we can do. Absolutely, absolutely. And look, as I mentioned, these guys put their heart and soul into this craft. So Woods, I'm going to throw to you for the Patreon details. Yeah, yeah. Before I do that, um, firstly, thanks, Daniel Franklin, for sending in the question. Great question. We'll really appreciate that to echo what, what Robbie said. And Stewie, man, first ever guest host on Throwback Hoops. You did a fantastic job. And sure. for all the audience, um, the four of us have built a great friendship and a, and a bond uh, outside of what we do in, on our podcast. So it's an honor to be able to, as you said, chop it up with you guys. So thanks very much for being on the show. Patreon, I mean, there's a little bit of uh, money that goes into production and everything. So if you want to pledge your support, jump on Patreon, look for Throwback Hoops, and um, we'd really appreciate it. And, and, you know, if you become a member this year, we might be able to hook you up with a T-shirt or one of the mugs in front of you there. Uh, Robbie, a throwback hoops mug, mug, and we appreciate all your members for, for pledging your support to us. So thank you. Yep. Love it, guys. And I've said... and right back at you too. Hey, yeah. thank you so much for having us. And and as you mentioned, we've got a group chat between the four of us. And I think like I was talking to Andrew Canyon at an NBL One game a few weeks ago. I said to him, "There's barely a day goes by that at least 
there's not at least one little comment mentioned in that chat. We're constantly yep. chatting with one another. Yeah. So one of the no, great things good. about doing this podcasting stuff is the friendships we've made. So thank you so much again for having us on. We really Absolutely. appreciate it. Boys, any final thoughts before we uh, call it a night? Just a quick one for me. Um, just um, anyone supporting the NBL one. Um, I'm working Saturday night for the Hills Hornets against the North Bears. So North's have got a very exciting team. Three former Sydney Kings players, or well, actually one current player with Iggy Mitchell. But yeah, come down to the Hive in Castle Hill if you want to watch that. Um, yeah, it should be a good game um, in the men's and women's. That's my little plug for that. Nothing for me. Beautiful. Easy done. I think it's dinner time, boys. <laughs> No, guys, look, honestly, thank you again so much for letting me host. Really appreciate it. Love what you guys do. And uh, yeah, keep, up the great keep, work. keep doing what you do, guys. Yeah. It's, uh, it's amazing. Awesome. Love. Love, love to do it on oath. Peace out, everyone. Thanks. Bye.